What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Wednesday, April 26, 2023, and because we are in the year 2023, we have to review uh, the movie about his airness himself, number 23. His airness. Michael Jordan. I was going to say his middle initial. It's B? not B. It's no, not B. I would, I would guess B, <laughs> but I mean that would not make sense for the other guy who decided to use that as the way to stand out from michael jordan um that is the film air i realized i did not actually give the title of the film yeah um the ben affleck directed his fourth feature directorial film i believe um starring matt damon jason bateman viola davis ben affleck himself chris tucker marlon waynes he's in it for a minute yeah it's michael j jordan of course it is any guess on the middle james Jeffrey. Oh, his dad's name was James, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, it's a great guess. Yeah, it's it, it's the movie. I, I don't want to give away the, the movie too much. You know, you have a synopsis at the other side of this break, Ty. But this was a film I was very excited for. It came out a few weeks ago. Um, you know, it got pushed back because other big releases. But we had a gap in our schedule this week. And we figured, why not review the film that's getting incredible reviews that kind of fits both of our wheelhouses as sports fans. And maybe talk about sports a little bit, too. I don't know. I'm excited. I didn't plan on talking about sports, but we can try. Let's get into the show. The time it works every time. What? We just become best friends. Yup. I don't feel so good. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. When Nike's basketball division is on the brink of going under, top execs decide to go all in and try to sign Michael Jordan. Michael J. Jordan. Michael J. Jordan. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Jordan. M. Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> MJ Jordan? MJ Jordan. Yes, it is a true story. Um, dramatized, fictionalized, we don't know. But it is, as you mentioned, the story of Nike signing Michael Jordan and how revolutionized, revolutionary that transaction was. 
um, the people behind the transaction. You know, of course, you have Phil Knight, Ben Affleck playing him. Uh, Matt Damon is Sonny Vaccaro, who's the main character in this, the main driving force of signing Michael Jordan. Um, you know, and it's 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 an interesting an interesting film idea. I think this uh, kind of, like I said, goes right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but kind of Moneyball vibes a little bit, taking a true story, but like fictionalizing it a little bit and, you know, telling a, a unique story with that and compelling. And again, I don't want to tease my scale too much, um, but I will tell you, Ty, that audiences are loving this because oh, this yeah. movie has a 98% Rotten Tomatoes audience score, 92% critic score. Everyone's loving it. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's killing it, man. And, you know. Ben Affleck. I don't know. Do you want to start with Michael Jordan? You want to start with Ben Affleck? Do you I, want to start with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? There. I mean, you can try to start with Michael Jordan. Uh, he's just not in this movie. He's just like a person. He's like a figure rather than a person. Yeah, you get you know some voices and like the back of his head and everything, but you don't get any actual Michael Jordan. Wouldn't have been hilarious if they got Michael B. Jordan to play Michael Jordan. It would be great. It would have been the best thing they could have done. Space Jam 2 kind of already did that. That dumb cameo. That was pretty funny. Um but, you know, I think that was a strategic move. I think this was supposed to be the story about, you know, Nike and how they got Jordan, not so much Jordan Jordan himself. So I think that was a very much like strategic thing, you know. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know, like, why you can't just have an actor play him still and, like, show his face. But it was obviously intentional and strategic. And that's what they decided to do. Um, I, I get Michael Jordan. So as a as a as a Gen Zer slash millennial, right on the on the border there, mm-hmm. you know we grew up with Kobe and then LeBron James. Yeah. It's crazy how long LeBron's been in the league. He's been in the league twenty years now. Like we were freaking five. He's old. We He's were very old. Kindergarten when LeBron was drafted. Yeah, which is just insane to think about. Um, incredible. But you know we've we've had LeBron and there's debates LeBron versus Jordan. Jordan is always the overwhelming favorite on that debate. Kobe sneaks in there too. I think it's just a generational thing. A lot of today's NBA players always say Kobe, but, I mean, that's just the guy they grew up with, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I stand by i am always been a big LeBron guy. I think LeBron's a more talented player. I think uh, he does it all, his basketball IQ. Just big counterpoint here. At the end of this movie, there's a title card that lets you know Michael Jordan went on to be the best basketball <laughs> player of all time. So you can't be right in saying that. I it's such a dumb argument, but I'm in this world. It's my job of like arguing something that's completely subjective and not fact-based and everything. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I mean, LeBron leads in all-time points. He's done it longer than anyone else. He's like a freak of nature. He's good in all areas of the game. Like, he's great. Counterpoint, Jimmy Butler has like seven of the top ten playoff games for the Miami Heat, which LeBron James was on. Saw that on Twitter. Well, I'm not saying he's the greatest Heat of all time. Okay, player. Uh- <laughs> he was actually not that great on the Heat compared to... <laughs> um. But Jordan, and this is just a byproduct of this, this film itself, and other, you know, things that we've gotten. I mean, we got, um, I mean, the Space Jam movie, but we got the the Last Dance documentary two years ago, three years ago now during the pandemic. Is yeah. Jordan was such a huge figure that transcended basketball, transcended sports, like transcended American culture. And it was just like the perfect person at the perfect time and the perfect boom of basketball where he was obviously an all-time great player and number two in my book, talent-wise. Um, but you blend that with the cultural impact and literally carrying the game of basketball into relevancy into the 90s and the 2000s. Yeah. And you can see there's there's always been this ethos with Michael Jordan. It's not He's almost not even a person. He's like the Beatles. He's like Elvis. He's like... Michael he's, Jackson. M- sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. he's... 
easily the most popular. He's got to be the most famous athlete of all time, like worldwide. I would imagine. I don't. I don't know. I mean, you could say Messi, Ronaldo, but yeah. like I think Jordan was so big. We saw that in the last How many dance Instagram three followers. Years ago. Does Jordan have? I I don't know if he posts on Instagram. Ronaldo, Messi probably got a lot. Okay, fair enough, but. <laughs> Like Jordan was so massive and like just the the impact and I think this film kind of reminds people of that and I think can put our generation into that mindset like we probably will never experience the kind of cultural impact that Michael Jordan had in the sports world. I don't think. Yeah, it's I mean he he was a player who was just so dominant at a time where sport was like you said growing and he was the face of that growth. And it's just, it's overwhelming. Like there's, there's nothing like LeBron may be better. Like you're saying he's Mm -hmm. not the more famous. He's not the, he's still very famous, very rich. Yes. But he's not (laughs) MJ levels of like that is, that's, it's more like an idea. He's like the fucking backyard baseball kid of, uh, what's his name? Pablo, Pablo something. That's (laughs) Jordan. I would have said like maybe Babe Ruth kind of represents. No, but that's the thing. Babe Ruth is a real guy. Maybe, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just insane. Uh, my father said you're handsome, by the way. I love that. Is he like creeping through the window? Or no, something? he tried calling me and I told him I was doing the podcast right now. No, like Jordan literally was bigger than the sport of basketball. Like as big as Shohei Otani is, he's the face of baseball. Like you don't feel like he's bigger than baseball. I mean, baseball is a different thing. It's kind of dying, but he was. I wonder if he is in Japan, though. I wonder if they oh, view yeah. him like Michael Jordan. Well, like Michael Jordan in the United States, Shohei Otani in Japan. But Jordan was worldwide. It wasn't just United States. Remember yeah. the last dance when they had like those scrimmages in France and there was like people lined up down the street just to yeah. see Jordan? He's a freaking global superstar. I wonder if the, the Angels have any international games this year. Uh, they'd be honestly it'd be dumb for them not to, but they probably don't because yeah. it's MLB. I it's just it would make so much sense. Play the I mean, if they did, they would have done it. At the beginning of the season, like they always do, you know, when they did the Japan game a few years ago, and then. Well, I thought they do like the, the Mexico Australia. game and shit in the middle. Of the well, they year. could do that in the middle because Mexico is right here. Well, they do do the England one right before the All Star break. Yeah. So, I don't know. Probably not though, because MLB's dumb. And you know what they'll do is they'll schedule an Angels Japanese game next year, not after knowing he, uh, if Shohei's going to be on the, the team. team. Yeah, Shohei will be chilling in uh, New York on the Mets, watching that game. Honestly, here MLB. I'll be your – you don't have to pay me for this idea. Maybe just kick me kick me some revenue. If Shohei leaves, whatever team he leaves to, against the Angels in Japan next year, first time he plays the Angels back, you get Shohei, Shohei versus, versus Mike, Mike Trout, Trout International. Again, part two, in Japan. That would be pretty sick. And if it's a team they play twice, like the Dodgers, we do a Jap- Japan series, and oh, then yeah. we do just a USA series. Yeah. It's like the two home grounds. I would love that. Just an idea. Just an idea. MLB. What if he signs up for like the with like the Royals or some just like aggressively irrelevant team? I think he's going to get more money than the entire Royals uh, payroll, so I don't think we have to worry about that. <laughs> Anyways, pivoting back to people who are bigger than sports and movies and culture, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon tie. Does it make you sad? Do you ever feel like that could be us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take that as a yes. Yeah, I mean, just two buddies who love life. Uh, what? Are you standing on something? No. You just look extra tall right now. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I saw a picture of me and your dad actually side by side the other day. I was like, I don't look that short next to him. <laughs> so, like, kind of short. No, yeah, I mean, that's that's the dream, right? I just want to be, like, 
West Coast, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Are you Ben Affleck or Matt Damon? <sighs> I don't know, man. Ben Affleck's, I feel like, more of the artsy guy, directs. Matt Damon's, like, is still really good, but kind of more A-lister action movie. I think I think we're a little both. I think I'm like Matt Affleck and you're Ben Damon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or I don't could... think I could play Batman. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, probably not. I would think I'm Ben Affleck, but then it's like, fuck, he's jacked and like looks really good. So we're just the like we're at, we're really J-Lo. like Seth Rogen and whoever's Michael Sarah, <laughs> whoever Seth know. Rogen's friend. Yeah. Is. <laughs> you Matt Damon might be similar heights though. I think he's pretty short. Is he five ten? Yeah, that's so much taller than me. I don't even want to know how tall Ben Affleck is now. But also, I'm gonna look it up anyways. He is. I hate bringing this up. 50 years old. That's not a height. Matt Damon's uh, physique in this? You could have played Matt Damon in this movie. Whoa. <laughs> that's offensive. <laughs> I don't wear shirts that tight to show my belly. <laughs> oh, I'm just fucking with you. He's 6'2". Fuck. It was just dad bod. It wasn't even, it wasn't overweight or anything. It was dad bod. He had a dad bod. He was a little bit more than dad bod. Mm. He just wore tight shirts. He was a little bit more than dad bod. Just you just called a dad bod and you called a day. You're you're a father, are you not? I am. Yeah. Dad bod. Okay. That's all it is. Okay. Um, no, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I mean, I, I just think they're a really cool Hollywood story, and I think they're so similar and different, and their paths have been so different and similar. I mean, we were young when Ben Affleck kind of had like his run of really bad movies, and everyone kind of wrote him off, and he had that first relationship with J Lo, where he was in the the public spotlight, you know. But if you look at his Rotten Tomatoes, it's like from 2002 to you know 2004 it was just a bunch of bad movies like you know the sum of all fears 59% um the third wheel 33% these are rotten tomato scores daredevil 43% giggly jiggly i don't know how to pronounce that 6% the battle of uh, shaker heights 39% he was the executive producer actually in acting that uh paycheck 27% jersey girl 43% Fahrenheit 911, 9-1-1. He played himself 82%. I don't know if that might have just been like a small cameo if he played himself. And then Surviving Christmas, 8%. So he had a bad stretch there where he was just pumping out a lot of crap. I mean, look, man had to get his money up, you know? <laughs> he actually told this story about, it was on the Bill Simmons podcast, how he did that Surviving Christmas movie. And his agent literally sat him down and was like, I want you to remember this moment because it is rock bottom and it's only up from here. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and he was right. I mean, you know, not everything he's done has been perfect, but he's directed four films, all of which have been, you know, received very well. Um, you have Gone Baby Gone, 95%. The Town, 92%. Argo, 96 Now I just, this, 92 I, I'm not, I'm going to need to hit pause. Surviving Christmas, uh, 30% uh, audience score. Mm-hmm. It's only up for here. Except for five movies later when he had a 29% for Man About Town. Well, <laughs> the consensus. He he went up. Okay. Now he's directing, acting. He's He was Batman. He said, screw it. I'm going to be Batman. He was in wow. The Way Back. That movie was very good, by the way. The Way Back. You seen it? I haven't. 2013's Runner Runner has a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you Ben Affleck hater? No, I fucking love Ben Affleck, but his, I mean... He makes bad movies occasionally. He does. I mean, Batman versus Superman. Um, I highly recommend. That's my recommendation of the podcast, though. Batman the way versus back. Superman? No. 
That movie's underrated. I've Way said back, it time and time again. Basketball? Yeah, another basketball movie. He, he does like basketball. basketball coach. He likes basketball. And then Matt Damon is just like superstar. You know, like he was in the, the Bourne franchise, which was a little bit before us. But, you know, th- those movies made dummy money. He became so popular. You yeah. know, oh, my God, there's Jason Bourne or whatever the hell they used to say. You Jesus know, he, Christ, that's Jason Bourne. People used to say that's me. Annoying. <laughs> um, You know, he's been in stuff like The Martian. Great movie. The Departed. He was in Ponyo, 2008's Ponyo. Didn't know that. Is that the studio? Ghibli? Yeah. It's good shit. So, it's just they have really interesting careers, and I I like seeing them on screen together because they have very obvious um, chemistry, and I think that bleeds through in this. And it's just, they just kind of remind me of us a little bit. I feel like if we somehow became famous actors, writer, directors, and we were in our 50s and we've accomplished all we need to accomplish, you'd be like, hey. Let's make a movie about when Shohei Otani did this. Fuck yeah. From our childhood. The, Maybe not this our childhood. This free agency. From our adult. Signing Shohei Otani, this free agency. What's like a Michael Jordan example? Like, it doesn't have to be signing, but something that like changed the industry. I, I don't know if I could think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, I you know. Actually, LeBron's decision, 2008, yeah. 2010, that like changed how NBA free agency works. Okay. That could be something. I don't know a lot about basketball. I wouldn't be very much help. <laughs> I don't know what, like, I know of the decision. I don't know what he decided. Was that before or after? It's when he left for the Heat. That's when he went to the Heat. And then went Correct. back to the Cavaliers. Later, yes. Did he do another decision when he signed with the Lakers, or is it less? No, it was just Adrian Wojnarowski tweet. Wojbaum? I don't remember Woj exactly bombs. where I was. Yeah. You want to ask you me? You remember the day? You were at a mall. Universal Studios, Florida, not to brag. No shit. Not to brag. was in Other Florida. coast. As yeah. he was leaving that coast. No, he was with the Cavaliers at the time. Yeah. Rode a roller coaster, rock and roller coaster. Rally, not rock and roller coaster. Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, something like that. I don't know the exact name. <laughs> Riley didn't ride it. She was scared. Tried riding it earlier in the day. It was raining, so it shut down. Got like 30 minutes of it not raining. Managed to get on it, and then it shut down again. Great timing by me. Nice. Rode the ride. Got off of it. Walk up to Riley. First thing she says, LeBron signed with the Lakers. And I was like, no way. No, he didn't. Show me my phone. And I was like... What the hell? I think that's like a butterfly effect thing. Like if it wasn't raining and you rode that roller coaster the first time, maybe he changes his he's mind. He's a Portland Trail Blazer <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> and then I remember going to the Embassy Sports Grill afterwards for dinner, and just the whole they had all the TVs on ESPN. It was just all oh, LeBron yeah. to the Lakers, and I was just like scrolling Twitter, like I can't believe this is happening to me right now. I can't that one LeBron meme meme where he's like, I can't believe this is my life. You know the picture I'm talking about? Yeah. That's how I felt holding his head. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt. So we could do Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. Okay. Just thinking of other big sports moments, but that didn't like change. You need like revolutionary. Like the Michael Jordan changed the shoe industry. Got it. Um, Oh man. Yeah. Honestly, the only thing that comes to mind is Shohei just pitching and hitting sticky stuff, baby. Sticky stuff. Something about sticky stuff. Um, yeah. Excuse me. My allergies are acting up right now. Do like a Trevor Bauer um, thing. Oh, that was suspension. Great. You could play a Trevor Bauer. Don't say that. <laughs> you don't say that. You're not wrong, but you don't say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, this movie, though, it. I like these kind of based on true events. Bi- Me too. Bi- biopic, I guess you could call it, but kind of not biopic, more just like an event pick. Less about a person, more about. 
something happening. Just anything that's real in sports but retold in a dramatized way, I think is my favorite type of movie. Well, I just... Matt Damon is in another type of movie like this that's just fucking incredible, and that's Ford v. Ferrari. Never seen it. It's so good. Maybe I need to. And it's another thing based on, you know, the, the, the showdown of them creating this car and everything and he plays carol shelby and it's the build-up to this big race and this big event and he's so fucking good in that and that's another great movie it has 92 98 what does this movie have something like 91 98 something like that yeah it's like identical 92 98 yeah literally identical there's another just great movie like this i fucking love these movies especially when matt damon's in it i think it's my favorite brand of movie i think about moneyball i think about i wish matt damon was in moneyball how about a little bit of um, Matt Damon could have played Billy Bean. He could have. He could be but, three for three with. But these Brad kind of Pitt movies. did great. He did. No, don't get me wrong. He did wonderful. But Matt Damon could be three for three with these kind of movies. How about um, King Richard? Very good. Not necessarily like similar though. Not necessarily like totally true. Yeah. How about a little bit of the Blind Side? Very good. How- but again, those feel more like about a person rather than an event. This was kind of about a person. Kinda. Moneyball wasn't about a person. Moneyball was about I mean, Moneyball that year, that event. Yeah, isn't that what you're saying? This is what air is. Yeah, it's about an event. But I'm saying the Blind Side is more about like a person. Okay, but just fi- true stories that are like fictionalized. Yeah. You know what I'm realizing? Maybe I need to give the movie American Underdog a chance. Because I shit on that movie. Is that's that the movie the... about Kurt Warner. No, see, that's about a person though. But I like the Blind Side. It is good. You know what's another movie I love? Um, McFarland USA. Is that the is that the fracking movie? No, it's uh, <laughs> it's not even that good. I don't think it has it has an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so maybe it's better. It has Kevin Costner? I think it's a Disney movie. Um, it is. It's about Ke- uh, Kevin Costner goes to this town that's in like rural central Car- uh, California, and they're all like um, uh, Hispanic. And he starts the cross-country team, or he, he wants to coach football, but there is no football team, so he has to do cross-country. Something like that. But it's pretty much about the rise of him creating this cross-country team, and then they become, like, the best cross-country team in, like, the whole nation for, like, three years or whatever. It's a great film. Kevin Costner is a name I know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched something he's in. Well, you need to watch like, the all the way in the USA, baby. Well, I just don't think I like him. <laughs> Take that back. I've watched Man of Steel. He's in Man of Steel? Yeah, he's, he's the dad. He dies. There's that one movie about um, that Mark Wahlberg's in that I haven't seen about the Eagles, about the guy who like tried out for the Eagles and became the like, kicker? an actual player. I don't know if he was a kicker. Miracle, the movie about the um, uh, hockey team. Yeah. So there's a lot of these, and I want to make more of them. Let's make more of them. Let's make a wrestling one. Oh, that would do. That would do very. But do you do like, do you do like The Rock in that era, or do you do like John Cena in that era? Let me get you someone real controversial. Oh shit, Roman Chris Reigns. Benoit. Oh my god, he killed people. Hey, that's a problem. No, I don't think you can do that. Might make for a good movie. I think you might as you just do the Trevor Bauer thing at that point. <laughs> Yeah, Chris Benoit, probably not a good movie idea, but these are my favorite brands of movies. Um, I do think we're missing a wrestling one. Um, I'm not familiar with the movie The Wrestler. I don't admit think, I don't know if that's a true story, but okay. It'd have to be about Ooh. someone who changed the game. Versus Tomei. Maybe the guys who started AEW. I know them. Yeah. Of. 
You could. I know you, someone who knows them. Let's be honest. I don't really know them. No, but you know up. You've met them. I I've been in a wedding with them. Yeah. You could you could reach out to them like hey, little uh, insight for the production. <laughs> we would have to be behind the scenes though, because neither of us could be professional wrestler, um, body build. I could pull off Rey Mysterio. I don't know about you though. <laughs> I think you put a mask on me. Give me I, a couple months in the gym. I think you're taller than Rey Mysterio. No, I don't think I am. I think he's like four eleven. No, I think he's probably right. Oh, around. he's five six. Yeah, he's my exact height. <laughs> I'm five six and a half. <laughs> I mean, they might not just be giving him that half on Google. Oh, that's great. No, I think I could pull off Rey Mysterio. I have to shave my face, though. Can you do high-profile moves? Uh, that's what stunt doubles are for, Jay. <laughs> I don't have to. I just have to do monologues. <laughs> do you want to get into the actual scale for the movie Air? Yeah, let's talk about it. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, plot slash story, as mentioned, the story of Michael Jordan signing with Nike, the process that went into that, the people that were behind that, Ty. Besides Michael Jordan, who helped create the Jordan brand, Air Jordan. The stakes that were involved in this. Was Nike, see, I wanted to do, like, whenever I see a movie I like, I like, like to do research. How fictionalized this movie is, I don't know. It might be a little fictionalized. Was Nike basketball really going to shut down if they didn't get this right? Maybe. I know everyone in the Nike building is definitely going to say, yeah, of course it was going to yeah. shut down because that just makes it a better story for Nike. Like, yeah. look what we did. But some I mean, of- they, It sounded like they were still the third biggest market share on basketball share. Uh, for sure. No, like, for sure. They weren't like a small indie company. They definitely were. And I know they've like, they um talked to the people involved, you know, and made it realistic and everything and all that. So, how true it is, I don't know. I'm sure some of it's fictionalized. Um, 
There should be a website for that. She like tells you how true. Sure, these there probably are. is. Yeah. Um, I do know Michael Jordan wasn't directly involved in this. I know that they met before the film. Um, you know, pretty much just asked his permission, but didn't want him to like oversee. And something I told you separately is that he asked for Viola Davis to play his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things he really wanted. There was also other things I, I guess he asked. Oh, read them off. He asked for the inclusion of George Raveling, the assistant coach of the U.S. 1984 Olympic basketball team. Is that Marlon Wayne's yeah, character? Yeah, the scene where Matt Damon goes to the bar and talks to him. Okay. Um, he was the first to recommend that he should sign with Nike. He also asked that Howard White, which was um, – I always forget his name. Howard – The actor's name. Uh, Jason Bateman. No, no, not – shares Jason. your Chris name. Tucker. Oh, okay. Chris Tucker's character. He asked that he would be in it. Okay. This directly led to Affleck casting Tucker, if I would have just read a little bit longer, with whom he had long wanted to work with and whom Jordan knew. He also asked for the removal of Tinker Hatfield as a character, as Hatfield, despite working at Nike at the time, was not involved with the creation of Air Jordan. I don't know who Tinker Hatfield is. I guess he's not in the role. Damn, that's a... Well, we know Michael Jordan isn't someone to hold a grudge or anything, so... (laughs) Um... (laughs) Who's Tinker Hatfield? Is he the shoe designer? He's an American designer. Nike's Innovation Kitchen. He is Nike's vice president for design and special projects. Was he originally in the film and then they took him out? So maybe they didn't listen to him? And uh, Tinker Hatfield's known for, first thing is Air Jordan. Well, because there's the, Peter Moore was the de- the designer in this, played by Matt Meyer. I wonder if he was like on the team, because I'm sure it wasn't just one guy designing the shoe. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Jordan was just like, nah, fuck that guy. Finally, Jordan asked the roles of his parents, James R. Jordan Sr. and Dolores Jordan, to be extended. I don't know what that means. And the casting, oh, maybe, I don't know. And the casting of Davis to play his mother, who was instrumental in making his mind, who was instrumental in making his mind about meeting and signing a deal with Nike, blah, 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 blah. Love that. Affleck and Damon did an uncredited script revision to accommodate Jordan's ask. So he didn't, like, directly, uh, you know, did oversee a it. script revision to accommodate? Was he not going to, like... Was there just nothing going to be of the Jordan family in this? Well, George Raveling wasn't in it originally, it sounds like. Oh. And that scene was very much kind of thrown in there, if we're being honest. Like, it, it fit. It wasn't like, this scene doesn't belong here, but... it's If you're removing something, you remove that scene, and the story is still very coherent. Yeah. Um, and maybe they included the parents more or something, or, you know, whatever the case is. Anyways, look, I give a lot of credit to this film, because they took a story that everyone knows. I mean... Not everyone might know the the nuts and bolts of Jordan signing with Nike, but everyone knows that Jordan signed with Nike. Like, that's not lost upon anyone seeing this film. Very common knowledge. They took something that everyone knows is going to happen and turned it into a dramatic movie that felt like it actually had stakes yeah. and had emotions when the whole time... Yes, I mean, when we watch superhero movies, we know the whole time that the superhero's gonna win, except for Infinity War, which is why it's the greatest superhero movie of all time. Great fucking movie. Um... So I guess you could be like, well, in reality, like, but, you know, still, like, this is something we knew what happened. We knew how it happened. You could easily look up how it happened, and they still made it suspenseful and fresh yeah. and everything. And I give a lot of credit to that. I also think there was some underlying, like, trend, not trends, but, like, some messaging. And I don't think it was necessarily, like, the film's intent to do this. I think this was just very much part of real life, and that's why it bled into the film. But I think there was some, like, you know, there's obviously Jordan, you know, having his own culture and everything. But there's also, like, a black culture thing here. You know, like, there's the line with Viola Davis when she welcomes 
Matt Damon on the, the, in the house. And she said, there's five generations of Jordans have lived on this land. You know, some of them died, whatever she said, like five generations of Jordans ago was like in the slavery age. You know what I mean? 1980s, five generations back. And like, there's kind of like that underlying trend of kind of like, you know, black people trying to take control of their value because for a long time in this country and in the world, you know, they didn't have that. Um, and you, you kind of get that scene at the end where she's fighting for Jordan to get percentage equity. And yeah, there's a business side of that. Yeah. But when Matt Damon finally see, says, yes, you see her like such a sigh of relief. And it's just kind of like, there's that little bit of like, you know, the importance of like, you know, African-Americans in this country taking their control of their value and not giving it over to these companies, these corporations. And I think that's, that probably was part of Michael Jordan's reasoning, you know, way back in 1984, whatever year, I think it was 84, actually, I might've nailed that. Um, <laughs> you know, because you're, you're, it's like when quarterbacks sign a new contract, the NFL, like you're establishing the new market. Like I, I like to believe Michael Jordan knew what he was doing back then and knew that he was not only doing it for himself, but he was doing it for every other athlete, you know, every other athlete of color, just everything moving forward. And I think that bleeds into this a little bit, whether it's intentional or not, you know, it happens. All that to say, I gave this an 18. That, that's a good score. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, I fucked up. Are you okay? I, um, got, I see you got your calculator yeah, out. I'm doing some quick math here. Your sheet doesn't automatically add up for you? Um, completely different thing. There's no reason for this to be on the sheet. I'm doing some year math here for you, Jay. Uh, you bring up like black culture and athletes mm-hmm. being, uh, you know, paid what they're worth. It feels like Jackie Robinson and, like, that kind of movement and everything happened, like, another lifetime ago. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. We didn't even mention 42 as a sports movie Great about a real movie. event. Great fucking Big miss movie. by us. Big miss. <laughs> um, Jackie Robinson uh, first played in the Major League Baseball 37 years before Jordan was drafted. That's insane. Like, that wasn't that long ago where they weren't even allowed to do this. And then the progression of not only them being able to, but then being stars and, like, people, you know, valuing whole fucking franchises and, like, creating this league and then being paid what they're worth, like, that quickly is huge. And it's not even just getting paid what they're worth. It's also getting paid, like, based on their worth almost. You know, he gets a percentage of the sales. Like, it's not just, I deserve this. It's, I'm driving this. You know what I mean? And you're not going to capitalize off of me. That's crazy. There's a bigger gap between the events that happened in this movie and when it came out than between the events that happened in this movie and Jackie Robinson's MLB yeah. debut. That's that's fucking wild. It's insane to think about. Like, it's not that far apart at all. And it's just, it's, that was very obviously a point they wanted to make is like how this changed the landscape and allowed these players to be able to capitalize off of themselves and market themselves and create this revenue stream for these athletes that was never available before yeah absolutely it's american dream baby it just kind of fucked me up right now just thinking about it like jackie robinson debuted in 1947 my dad was born in 1973 that's a 26 year difference yeah for us that's the difference between when we were born in 1972 which was star wars yeah like the difference between when we were born in star wars doesn't seem that big at all. And to think that my dad was born only 27 years, 26 years. Like, I think we forget just how far this country's come and how far it still needs to freaking go. But, like, how recent these major events that feels like, you know, prehistoric history almost. Very yeah. recent. Not that old. Yeah, that's crazy to think about, Ty. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, you're welcome. Just a little. That's why I had to do the math. I had to bust <laughs> out the calculator to do 19, uh, 
84 84 minus, minus, minus yeah 1947 37 what do you think of the plot slash story of this film yeah plot slash story i like everything that you said uh there's there is talent to creating suspense to where you're like fuck is he gonna sign with adidas <laughs> when you're very much aware that air jordan is a nike brand <laughs> um th- that takes talent i like that there's no like major event besides him like saying yes yeah like that's just telling you what happens but you still feel this there's this coherent story and you're intrigued the entire time and it flows so well mm-hmm. and creates this build up and and the story makes you care for the characters involved um it, it does a very 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 good job of explaining and making you care about these events even though you know the outcome you're still hooked the entire time yeah uh, 17 out of 20 is what I gave. I'm one point lower than you, but it still is. It's a great. It's a great story. That's what these movies are. Is you tell these events in the most. You know, you you build them up, but you you create Hollywood stories based on real life events that honestly are you know only certain things are worth a Hollywood script. Yeah. And these type of moments and these type of things that change the culture and and. I don't know why when I said the culture, I thought of the Jonah Hill movie where his podcast was about the culture (laughs) (laughs) that changed shit like that. Like these are the stories you want to see be told and, and watch movies on, you know? Yeah. And that just does such a good job of that in this. A little bit of a tangent. It's crazy to me. This movie's made. Well, hold on. This is Wikipedia. Sometimes it's not the most. Wikipedia is always reliable. Yeah, sure. It's high. Um, Spoken by a man who probably used Wikipedia in high school a lot. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 69.9 million it's made thus far. Which, for an R-rated movie, which didn't need to be R-rated. Kind That's, of they shot, shot yourself in the, in the foot. foot there. For an R-rated movie that, honestly, kind of seems like it was released by Amazon just for streaming. Like, I think Amazon looked at this like, whatever we make in the box office is just gravy. Like, we're going to spend this money just to have, like, a really popular movie on our platform. Because I don't fucking get it, dude. This Am- is going to be the most streamed movie of... The year for Amazon, I would imagine. Well, yeah, for sure. But Amazon's streaming service makes no fucking sense to me. It never will. Everyone on the planet already has Amazon, and you don't charge any more for Amazon Prime Video. Hey, man. Who the fuck is getting Am? Who who on this planet doesn't have Amazon right now and decides to get it because of Air? Well, the first... I don't think it's because of Air, but I think you want to keep putting stuff on the platform... To make it worthwhile to the Who's consumer. Who's unsubscribing to Amazon because Amazon Video doesn't have anything to watch. I know, but I think it's just a... it's a You're trying to build it up and set yourself up long-term where if these other streaming things kind of fall apart, then, you know... I don't know, man. They just feel like they are like have such a monopoly on a market that they're just... This is a very unnecessary... This feels like the Nike basketball division of Amazon. Well, it's already almost made its money back from... Its budget was 70 to $90 million. So it's already almost made the money back minus marketing, which well, I don't yeah, think because they, they released it. Well, yeah, they released it in theaters though, but like just for like their normal streaming shit. Like why? They but why all the all this? the outlets do it. But I guess Amazon. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But Amazon did it with the Tomorrow War with that one Michael yeah. B. Jordan movie we Good watched. Movie. I don't remember what movie that was called off the top of my head. Like the the violent one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We reviewed it. Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher. I don't know. That Not, sounds right. No, Jack Ryan. I think was the. Uh, Movie from the guy with the office. Maybe it was Jack. Jim? Yeah. It was a TV show with him, right? Thought so. I don't know. But I think this was very much a streaming play, and now it's made this money. 
and it's just a big win for them. And this is going to be the most popular streaming movie for Amazon of the year. It just is. Yeah, I mean. Also, there might be another reason it was released in theaters. I'll circle back to that at the end. Um, oh. Key elements tie. You know what I loved about this film? And this is a little bit individual cinematography, but I want to talk about it here because it establishes the key elements. The intro, I love when a movie is taking place in the 80s, taking place in the 90s, and it's going for an aesthetic, and you get that like pop culture collage. Right off the rip. Right off the rip. You got sports, non-sports. The MTV music was like the first thing you hear, the I Want My MTV. like, And then you get the, like the 80s music's playing. You just get like the Matt Damon seeing him drive and go to the c- casino, setting the tone of the 80s. I just love when a film does that. Yeah, it might be like tacky. But I love it. No, it's a good time. <laughs> I, it, it plays every time, especially the '80s. Something about the '80s. You just you feel good. Well, it's the golden age, buddy. Yeah. That's what a lot of people say. Is it? Love the music. I also gave us Jordan. I think that's what a lot of like racist white people say: is the '80s was the golden oh, age. Fuck. <laughs> that was a great age for black people, as we proved in this movie. <laughs> Start of something good. Um, no, but like that, the key like it's a timepiece, and you get back in that time, so that's great. Um, but it's also a sports movie, but like, it's almost doesn't have, it's like, you don't have to be a sports fan to like this movie. Riley doesn't know anything about basketball and you say you don't know anything about basketball. I think you still know. I know more than I lead on. (laughs) Um, And she enjoyed this film, but there's also some stuff for the basketball fans in there. There was a lot of like little jokes about the basketball back in the day. About that draft class and the different players and everything. Yeah. I was going to chuckle. One of my favorite jokes in it was them saying, Nobody's going to want to see Charles Barkley on TV. That was very much a meta joke. He's still on television. He's killing it. Making He's a lot of money. The, everyone except for San Antonio women love him on TV. <laughs> um, so, he, you know, it, it was it had that in it. And I, as a sports fan, this is right in my in my alley. I want to hear what you gave it for Kilman's first before I blow you away with my score. Um, Again, it just blew me away. I think, I think I might blow you away a little bit. Wow. Um, It is. It's very... Ford v Ferrari Moneyball-esque. Like, yeah. you don't have to be a car person to enjoy Ford versus Ferrari. You don't have to be a baseball person to enjoy Moneyball. And you don't have to be a basketball person to enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. But you do enjoy it a little bit more if yeah. you are. Like, there's stuff for you in it to take away. Yeah. Um, it's more so based on, on the history. And it's a, a historical movie of an event and, and a time and, you know, a chunk of time and something that took place. But you still get a little bit for the fans. And I think when you do that and it's done well... It's a movie where someone who's a diehard basketball fan is going to fucking love it. But someone who has no idea about basketball only knows Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's also still going to kind of love it. And that's very difficult to do to create a movie like this where everyone cares and you have such a wide reaching audience that is going to enjoy it. It takes talent and it's hard to do. And it does it very well. Um, This movie, you know, with it being this historical piece and having the basketball stuff, pretty funny jokes throughout. Yeah. Very easy watch. I was chuckling. I was. I think I laughed the most in the theaters, quiet theater. <laughs> I didn't um, hear you laugh once. Oh, maybe that's why I couldn't hear everyone else laugh. I was chuckling. Yeah, I was having a good time. Like, it was a funny movie. It was an easy watch. I think it's very difficult to achieve that. Um, I, I gave it a... I'm at an 18. Okay. I could be persuaded to a 19, but it's very... It's done very, very well. I gave it a 19 just because... The sports in it, the comedy in it, the dr- drama in it, the emotion in it. Yeah. That little scene which Riley missed because she went to the bathroom where Terrible Jason timing. Bateman's character explains kind of like Bateman. the stakes in his personal life and his daughter and how he gives her Nike shoes and like all this stuff. Like, again, that part might have been dramatized. I don't know. It could be true. I don't want to say it's not, but that could have been dramatized. But they added those stakes and like 
the emotion of it. And, you know, I teared up a little bit at the end. I really did. Yeah. When Matt Damon was high-fiving everyone and they showed Jason Bateman and he was just, like, ecstatic, I was like... He was walks in while everyone's celebrating, like, he's that look on his face. Yeah. It's done very well. It's kind of like Moneyball, but a little bit more lighthearted and fun. Moneyball has its funny moments, but I could see if someone's a little bored by it. I could, I could totally see that. I don't think you get bored in this film. I really no. don't. It's a, it's a lot easier to watch than Moneyball. Yeah. Um, that For sure. I give it a 19 out of 20. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Jason Bateman, I know we're going to get to characters. I No spoiling. I think you may end up giving this a very high score. Uh, Jason Bateman has a chance to be like the largest gap on movies of our in our scale. People forget he was in our 177th ranked. 170... Seventh ranked out of 178 movies because we haven't given air a score yet. Uh, it's last. Just say it's last. Thunder Force. He had lobster hands. <laughs> Was that not our like the only salvageable part of that movie though? I fucking loved the lobster hands. <laughs> I love Jason Bateman. Even in something bad, it's like that guy's got it. That guy's fucking funny. That was the only salvageable part of that film. Lobster hands. Great in this movie. <laughs> Visuals, key elements, tie. Walk me through it. It's very shaky. But in a good way. I didn't notice that. It feels kind of like a intimate kind of thing. Like you're recording it and like the camera goes in and out of focus at times. I did notice once they did that. Yeah. Where you, it feels like you're like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Cause it's not like you're there. It's not like your eyes fucking do that, but it feels more like hand shot and, and more. I know what it is. Less overly produced. I know what it is. Talk to me. It's very lightly. I don't want to say it goes the whole way. Officey single cam documentary style. Like okay. they, I think they filmed it in a way it's not full like that. You don't have people talking to the camera and like looking directly at the camera, but I think you get a little bit of that. They want you to feel like you were there in this moment yeah. and they have some of those elements, you know, where someone might've been recording this or you're there. You know what I mean? Zooming in on certain things. They want you to zoom in all that stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. I think that's what it is there. No, it's done very well. The way it's done, it works um, wonderfully. The music in this throughout. Great. Very good. Um, we jammed out to a lot of 80s sound, you know, soundtracks in high school and stuff, so right up our alley, I feel like. Total Eclipse of the Heart Radio on Pandora. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a good time. I will say, I, I, I haven't searched Twitter or anything. There's one title card at the end that they just fucked up. <laughs> and it's like showing Michael Jordan at the end. Spoiler alert, he gets the deal. Makes a lot of money. He gets his red Mercedes at the end. And it's like a title card where it's like, you know, after they do like these biopics and it's like, oh, this happens after this. And this guy does this. And this guy goes on to do this. One of the things is Michael gets his car and it's on screen for such a short amount of time. You don't even have time to read Michael gets his car. Are you sure you just didn't see the title card in time? No, I was looking for it. I don't see anything about like. I'm, I can't wait for this movie to come out on Amazon. I, I need to set a reminder for myself because I'm going to put it in absurd movie scenes. Which it really doesn't belong there, but I'm gonna leave it there just so I remember. The short title card? Yeah. That I don't we're not even totally sure if it's short. No, I am totally sure that it's short. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. It was a fuck up. It was an editing fuck up. I'm hundred percent sure of it, and I hope I'm wrong. But <laughs> So how much are you knocking it for that? One point. And I will wow. I I'm telling you right now, I'll come back and add that point in. At a later date, as soon as this hits streaming, if it, if it fixes it. And I'll make it an issue. Okay. It's very easy. I can skip right to the end of the movie. It's not like I got to, like, watch it over again to find something. <laughs> yeah. Second it hits streaming, I'm going to find out. Because they fucked up. That was an editing fuck up. A lot of title cards in this. A lot of title cards. How'd you feel about that? Love that. 
I know you did. But it wasn't my kind of title cards also. Wasn't your kind of title cards. Like, I like title cards, but I like when it's like cut to the Nike headquarters and it's like Spokane, Washington. Where the fuck was this at? Where's Nike? I don't know. Spokane. I think you might be right. Spokane, did Washington. Did I nail that? Or is it in... No, it might be in Oregon. Beaverton, Oregon. Yeah. Close enough. Beaverton, Oregon. Like, I like those kind of title cards. I'm going to be honest. The movie that comes to mind, the movie that it probably gets the most credit in my mind for anything in ti- as title cards is Black Widow. They did title cards so well in that movie. <laughs> Everything else was dog shit, but they did title cards so well. I like the beginning of that movie. Black Widow? Yeah. I don't remember it. When the, she's oh, a when kid? Oh, kids? Yeah. Good opening sequence. Great best Marvel like title card opening sequence. And probably the MCU. Honestly, look, I know you say it's a horrible film. Bad movie. Terrible movie. Dog okay, shit movie. stop it. No, it's not that no, bad. No, it's a bad movie. It is not no, it that is. bad. No, it's atrocious. You're remembering it worse than it actually is. No, it's a bad Especially movie. Especially compared to the rest of Phase 4. No, because Phase 4's got some good movies. Shang-Chi, good movie. Black okay, Widow, bad obviously. movie. I think you need to rewatch Black Widow. I don't want to do that ever. It's not... It's a bad movie. The humor works. It's Okay. Story's dog shit. Villain's dog shit. I don't think you said Climax all this when dog we, shit. I don't think you said all this when we reviewed it. That definitely did. Because you gave it like a sixty nine or something like that. You gave it, a, you know, within the lines. So. Way too high. Way too high, and I stand by it. Maybe I will rewatch it to go back and give it an appropriate score. You give it a seventy five. Wow, that's disgusting. A seventy five. That's the Marvel bump. Marvel gets like a twenty five point bump. What I think you're Love remembering it worse. What did you give Love and Thunder? I think you're remembering it worse. No chance. Seventy seven lower than you, bitch. You gave Love and Thunder a 77? Yeah. You said I gave Black Widow a 75. Okay, but I gave it lower than you, Love and Thunder. Oh, okay. I think Love and Thunder is better than Black Widow. I don't think either of them are trash. I think they're both disappointing. Bad movies. Within the lines, we'd give them a fresh. Just saying. No chance. What'd you give visuals, Ty? Uh, visuals. As you just totally kill the credibility of our scale by going back and talking about how horrible your scales are. That's fine. <laughs> visuals i gave it a 15 and then took one point off um that could be regained at a later point um i'm at 14 for visuals all right i i i'm at a 14 as well i didn't without okay. the minus one bump um i thought it was good i thought i picked out what you mentioned about like the the shaky cam and stuff um i thought it was really good 80s vibes like i said you know playing that kind of collage intro was nice music was great but at the end of the day, like, there's only so much you could do with a film like this, and yeah, I've been trying to get better at not just like letting passable cinematography get really high scores. Fair, yeah. but I do like this. This feels like there's, admittedly, like you're watching Marvel and there's a big battle. You don't feel like you're there. Like you, no. you know that you're like watching a scene in a movie. Yeah, this the way it's shot feels like you could have been the one with the camera shooting it. You feel mm-hmm. it's more intimate. Yeah. You're going to get credit for that. It's done well. No, it's not a CGI masterclass. No, it's not, you know, Avatar The Way of Water. But it's <laughs> different. It's artistic. Ben Affleck, shout out him. It's got an artistic vision. And I appreciate that. It does. It very much does. Characters tie. Mm. Sometimes the hardest category is to score for me. I think if you took... I'm going to actually add this into my sheet, I think. Your total that you've given all the categories? Some. It's real easy. Hold on. This is great radio. Hold on. I want to. I want to. I need to do this. Hold on. This is real good radio. I'm going to do it as well. Insert one row above. This Ooh. is only going to be for 2022, uh, though. 
How do I move my little gray line that's at the top? This is wonderful radio. Anyone that knows so, sheets, can you help me? Total sum of all the uh, scores I've given, 8,587. How do I move my gray line that's at the top that keeps it from being filtered? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you got to like re- oh. right-click. It's like the freeze row or something like that. Wait, no. I think I can just do it's been this. been a while. Got I don't it. remember, dog. Got- oh, nope. I messed it up. Wow. No, that makes sense. Key elements should be the highest category, admittedly. That's the bonus points category. That's our bonus round. That's all it is. I got to do this at a later date. Oh, wait. I got it. Good all job, right. Jay. Equals some of it. How do I divide it by how many there are? Divided by... Oh, that's a lot of work. Number I don't know. Number of some. Yeah. It, we'll, we'll, we can read. You can pause and I can like look it up. I don't know off the top of my head, though. I'm just going to do 16 for now because that's uh, how many movies I've reviewed and I can manually edit it at a later day. Um, can confirm that characters... I think you just do divided by rows. Can, con- <laughs> can confirm that characters is not the lowest score I've given out after all that horrible... What um, is it? Plot slash story. Yeah, same here. We've watched a lot of movies with bad plots this year, but yeah. this is just for 2023, so... Mine starts... Oh, no, I filtered it. I don't know what mine starts with. My highest is visual cinematography. Followed by key elements. How many points have you given out cinematography? Um, I just have the average. I don't have total. Damn. Okay. Anyways, characters. I gave this a 17. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really enjoyed all the acting in this. I, yeah. I love Matt Damon. Anything Matt Damon's in, I've, I've always loved him in all his films. I think he's fantastic in this. The chemistry with him and Ben Affleck. I don't really know much about Phil Knight, but I think I do. Um, just based on this film. Um, I thought, I'm sure he played a very great representation. I thought the acting was great. I thought Jason Bateman was fantastic in this. I thought, uh, Chris Tucker was great in this. I thought Viola Davis was also very good in this. Like I thought everyone had a very above average performance to the point where if it's a really bad Oscar year, I wouldn't be surprised if there's just a little bit of buzz. I don't think anyone wins from this. Am I going to be shocked if Ben Affleck is best supporting actor nominee for Phil Knight and he's like the, you know, the number eight guy he's last, but he got at least gets a nominee. Am I going to be shocked? I don't think so. Okay. 17. I I really enjoyed the characters in this. And I think this movie only works if you enjoy the characters. Yeah. I'm, I gave it a 17 as well. Uh, Matt Damon's so fucking good in this. Yeah. I like him. Two parts that I really enjoy from him. The monologue at the end. When he cuts the fucking video and he mm-hmm. just starts fucking spewing some shit out. Oh, monologue to Jordan. Yeah. To Jordan. It's Great done scene. so well. Yeah. There was another scene. I can't remember it right now. I was thinking of it and I got lost when you were explaining yours. It'll come back to me. Uh-huh. But he has a couple of scenes that are just very good in this. Passionate, you know, pleading and everything. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, he does a very good job of creating moments in movies. Yeah. You think back to like Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. And there's scenes where he just has this full, you know, two minute monologue of breaking shit down. And he's so fucking good at that. The Martian? The Martian. He's got multiple scenes where he's just so good at it. And, and he he can capture a scene and make it so memorable. And he does that throughout this movie. And he's he's very good. Well, even the Jason Bateman scene where he's explaining his daughter that we already mentioned. Yeah. That's a fantastic scene. Like Very well done. Like the, uh, this cast of people is all actors that I really, really enjoy for a lot of different movies. Throughout, whether it's Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Matt Damon, and especially Viola Davis. Like, she's wonderful in a lot of things. Um, I don't know anything about Phil Knight. 
I, mean, I fucking gonna... love Ben Affleck's portrayal of him. <laughs> it's done so well. Like him coming into that meeting late, I'm just like, oh, my business is is so big, and, and like it's it's so ridiculous. But it just feels like the out of touch billionaire. Yeah, that you would expect, like someone who has more money than they know what to do with, and kind of forgot where they came from. Yeah, and it just works so well. But quirky. Yeah, but like just a weirdo, just complete. Which is any billionaire? I think most billionaires yeah. are weirdos. You got to be a weirdo to have that much money. Or does that much money make you a weirdo? Both. I don't know. Imagine having that much money. Like, it doesn't matter. That's got to fuck with you existentially. I think that's why you become a weirdo. Why am I feeling bad for billionaires? <laughs> no, you shouldn't. They're the worst. Yeah, but if you were a billionaire, would you act any differently? <laughs> if I was a billionaire, I would spend an irrational amount of money. Like, I feel like billionaires are too You'll caught up. You'll never be a billionaire then. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. But, like, I feel like once I get to that point, I would be like, all right, it's fucking, it's time to go for it's it. It's go time? Yeah. And I feel like billionaires are too caught up with like, oh, making sure I have money. Like, you just set like 5% of your wealth to the side for your future generations. They're set for life. If I ever somehow became a billionaire, which I don't even know how that would happen, I'd buy a sports team. I think that'd be number one. Oh, easily. I would Steve Cohen it. Yeah. No, easily. But I would. We spend it. I mean, the bottom line would be so fucking red. <laughs> they would have to create a new fucking color. No, it wouldn't, dude. It would still be green because these sports teams make boatloads of money. I'm talking MLB of the show all-star roster on the Angels. Well, that's, that's, you can't get all the all-stars at I once. I sure fucking They don't could. all hit free agency. No, but I could sure trade. <laughs> and I could just say, fuck the farm system. I don't need a farm system when I pay every free agent 50% more than any other offer. Okay, Artie Moreno. Yeah. I Fuck it. How's that worked out for you guys? Not great to this point, but <laughs> I would be different. Artie Moreno, he's a cool billionaire. I, I, I'm not going to say it because I, I think that it's problematic to say something and then God forbid something happened to him. But God forbid something happens to him. I feel like Angel fans fuck that guy. feel the same way about Artie Moreno that wrestling fans feel about Vince McMahon. You think? A hundred percent. Okay, I'm not as in touch with the people Vince like McMahon Vince hate. McMahon. That's a great movie on Vince McMahon's life. I actually know I think HBO is working on like this super in-depth documentary about him. Really? That they've been working on for like years. Should sure be intriguing. Angel fans were behind, you know, they do like the outside booth uh, under the hat where they do like the post-game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Um, all the fans were chanting, "Sell the team." And one of the announcers was like, listen to this crowd. They're fired up out here. And it was great. He just brought attention to them chanting, sell the team after the game. Probably got so much shit for that today. Love that. A lot of sports talk for us today, but it's a sports movie. The Angels are kind of similar to like the Clippers. I think it's just the baby brother and the big mm-hmm. market syndrome. And I say this because I'm sure you saw this. This was like a few weeks ago that Sam Plume, the athletic reporter for the Angels, yeah. got disinvited to like the pregame radio show because they said he wasn't being positive the enough. team hosted pregame radio yeah, show because he wasn't being positive yeah. enough and all the other reporters said that's fine we're not going on the show anymore either though. oh really yeah oh good everyone in solidarity with him was just like okay fuck you guys if you're gonna run a mediocre fan like franchise and then not let people call out the mediocrity same thing with clippers like i know they've been very like silencing people who are critical of them like yeah. this one guy who used to work for the la times not anymore i think he did Got like banned from covering Clippers games because he posted this video of Kawhi Leonard at like a it was like the big introduction press conference for their new arena like in 2021 2022 and they did like this dumb little dance or not I don't want to call it dumb because people worked hard on it but this dance with like the cheerleaders and stuff and you see Kawhi just sitting there like totally disinterested and all the reporter did was post the video of Kawhi looking disinterested didn't even say anything and now he's not allowed to like cover Clipper games Jesus you know how you break out of the little brother um, syndrome be like the Chargers. What the fuck? You guys don't even make the playoffs. You guys stink. Great social team. 
But that, I feel like they don't have a little brother syndrome anymore. Well, no, but you guys also don't have like a direct competition for the entire existence Rams. of your franchise. Yeah. They're in St. Louis for a while. Yeah. No, you Steve Cohen it and you do what the Mets did and you spend <laughs> a lot of money. That's yeah. the only way to get out of it is spend more than the big brother. Who's the best little brother? The White Sox? Like, who's the little brother that doesn't actually, like, which market is it like, no, we don't know the who White the little Sox. brother is? I feel like it's White Sox-Cubs. Like, which one's <sighs> the even most even playing field? I don't think so. I think the White Sox kind of just stink for a while. Yeah, but so do the Cubs. So it's great. Yeah, but they got, like, they were cursed. I mean, that's you can always blame <laughs> it on the curse. Maybe it's the Mets then. Yeah, the Mets are really bad. Because the Nets, well, maybe the Mets are the best big brother. I'm saying, or best little brother. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because the net Nets are horrible, yeah. atrocious basketball team. Clippers, total little no, brother not a syndrome. Chance, yeah, I'm trying to think of big cities. There's only one basketball, like Chicago Florida. basketball team. What about football? Is there charge? Maybe it's the Chargers. No, don't give yourself too much credit. I think it might be the Chargers. Um, I mean, in terms of like football teams, the Giants and Jets feel like they're on even playing. Yeah, that's probably fair. Neither of them are big mark. Like I don't know how New York well, just big market, fucked they just up. Suck. But even then, like, they're not the biggest market. Like, New York's always the fucking, like, the Knicks' biggest franchise in fucking basketball besides, like, two. I think the Warriors are going to pass them here soon. You think? Their value has been freaking, I think they're the second most valuable team now. That's crazy. But, like, the Knicks, the Yankees, and then you go and it's just two really shitty football franchises for the biggest sport in America. Like, how does that happen? Bad ownership. Yeah. Buffalo Bills, I guess they have, like, three New York teams, but even then, like, Patriots have been fucking dominating. Them. How about the Oakland Athletics becoming the Las Vegas Athletics? Yeah. Shout out to a really shitty franchise. No, I'm I'm stoked. I don't blame the Athletics at all. I mean, the fans are good. The ownership's just fucking are terrible. Are they good? Yeah, that stadium gets rocking. But they've just never been competitive. And when they are competitive, no, no that's because not true. The A's are always good. But when they are competitive, it's because they do some money ball bullshit and they don't ever sign stars and there's never like a fan attraction. I think it's a small market. Back in 2019 when the A's made the playoffs, they still only averaged like 20K per game. And if you get a chance to move to a big market in Vegas, and the A's tried to stay. They tried multiple times, and the city of Oakland would not pass their stadium. I don't blame the A's at all. Selfishly, no, don't blame the A's. No, the because A's. it's like Vegas, baby. If there's don't a separate issue, I want them to just have their own new franchise. But if it's like one thing Art Moreno understands, it's like, Getting fans involved and making fans want to show up. I don't know if he involves, understands. I think the people under him do. (laughs) Fair. But, like, the Angels sign stars and get people to go to the ballpark. Whether we're good. Why they sign the stars. That's exactly why. Let's sell, yeah. But it makes for a fun fan experience where you want to buy jerseys and you want to root for people. There's no one to root for on the Oakland Athletics, even when they're a 98 win team. Who's the most last? Who gives a shit about Matt Chapman? Who's the last super popular athletic? Yoan Cespedes? Yeah, probably. And he got popular after the athletics. No, he got popular in the athletics I when mean, he made that throw. Barely, though. Like, fucking barely. And they needed the home run derby with the Mets and shit. Like, Ricky Henderson? Yeah. Like, uh, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman were the two biggest players out there. No one gives a shit about them. They're really good, but they're not fun. No. Miguel Tejada won an MVP <laughs> for him. No one gives a shit about him. I never thought I'd get a Miguel Tejada reference in this podcast. Well, he's just a notable absence in uh, Moneyball. Don't mention him. Is he not in Moneyball? Very, very little. But again, I think that was the year that he, like, won MVP. Maybe. 
And they just don't mention that. They're like, oh, just all these random guys carrying us. And it's like, you you had the best player in baseball this season. Yeah, he won MVP in 2002. Not that great of a year, but for the steroid era, too, must have been a down year in the American League. Yeah. Compare that to the National League MVP that year, which was probably Barry Bonds, (laughs) who probably (laughs) hit twice as many home runs and batted twice, had twice as high of on-base percentage. Um, Did you give your character score even? I don't even remember talking about that. It's been a while. We talked about the characters. How did we get off? I did. I think I said 17, like right off the rip. But I, I don't remember, but that was, that was a tangent when we went down. We always go on tangents, baby. That's what makes Within the Lines great. This is a problem for us because we love talking sports, and I don't think all of our movie fans enjoy sports quite as much as we do. <laughs> um, but it's a good time whenever I'm, we have an dude, excuse. I'm itching for a baseball podcast. <sighs> yeah. I really have been. It's a good time. It's great talk. Enjoyment Ty. MVP season. How about the 2022 Dodgers just having egregious amounts of sex during the All-Star break? Good for them. Have you seen that? Well, yeah. Have you seen their what their schedule was last July? They were in LA for like 21 days straight. And the All-Star break. Yeah. And then they just had six players go on paternity leave and Cody because Bellinger. they knocked their wife. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> six former players go on paternity leave all within like a three-week span. Just everyone on that team. Like, I wonder if there was, like, some door-to-door salesman who all sold them, like, some sort of dick supplements. Well, I'll tell you, starting June 30th, up until June 10th, they were at home. So they were at home for 10 days, and then they had a three-day trip in St. Louis. Okay. But then they were back in Anaheim, so at home. Yeah, that doesn't even... All-star break, at home for seven more days. So from the stretch of June 30th to July 27th, they were out of L.A. for three days. That's insane. And Just things happen them, when you're at home for uh, that long. All of them knocked up their significant others. And before that, they were away from home for like 13, no, they were, 10 days or whatever. They were so wanted. They were pent up. They were wanted. They had something to get out. And there was something that their significant others wanted. And now all of them are wonderful fathers, I'm sure. Some of them were already fathers additional fathers. How does it feel that these MLB players go on paternity leave? And meanwhile, you know, well, I guess you went on paternity. Leave. I was off for a month. It was the fucking greatest <laughs> month. Ever. I was trying to compliment you saying you, you continue the podcast. I did. Yeah. My, my real job, my real passion. <laughs> I stayed on, you know, I was trying to give you a compliment for getting that. You took a whole month. Off. Yeah. So fucking nice. <laughs> oh, that's great. Good time. Do you have like vacation time built up? You can just take another, I still have four weeks of paternity leave I can take paid. Why didn't you stack it? Christmas, Victoria's Nationals. You could have up to a year to use it. Nice. Yeah. So, so it's I, just like free vacation? It is, yeah. I just you gotta, have to use all four weeks at one chunk? No. You break it up however you want. You got a year to use it. You have That's to take nice. like chunks, though. You have to give them like a 30-day notice. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. But still, I should be like, hey, I'm taking off this time and you can't fire me. Nice. And vaca- you still have vacation time, no? Yeah, on top of that. Nice. That has to be approved. Trinity time doesn't have to be approved. <laughs> Just like, I'm not going to be here for Christmas. I don't know what to tell you. Hell yeah. It's going to be fucking great. Hell yeah. I enjoyed this movie 18 out of 20, Ty. I really liked this movie. It almost yeah. was a 19 for me, but I landed at an 18. I am going to recommend this to just about everyone. Um, I don't see like someone who doesn't really like this movie. Like Junior, Riley's cousin, said it looked like a dad movie. He's a big film no. guy. It does look like a dad movie, but well, it's yeah, better but it's than a not. dad movie. Yeah. 
Um, Junior also wrote like a full script. He's like very into filmmaking and stuff. And yeah. I was telling him about your script idea. Sorry, I kind of gave your idea away. If I fucking see a movie made, Junior said it was a great idea. Oh, that makes. He me said if it was done right, it could be really, really good. Yeah, that's so. the problem. Those Junior writes sounds really hard. <laughs> um, I, I was like, hey, if you need any extras, you need someone to look over your script, and he just kind of like, yeah, me. Need some maybe uh executive producer <laughs> credit. <laughs> executive producer. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? Who else is he going to get from Asperia to executive produce? We always talk about movies. There's multiple executive producers. I think we'd be assistant to the producer. Assistant producers or assistant to the producer? This is the office joke. Both. (laughs) Okay. Um, Anyways, he said it looked like a dad's movie. But even him, I I think if I was like, told him, like, sit down and watch this, like, he would enjoy it. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good movie. 18 out of 20. Um, One point lower than you. I'm at a 17. We left this theater and you were talking about how much you loved it. Um, Yeah. I kind of played, kept my cards close to my chest, but I also very much enjoyed this movie. <laughs> like, it was a good time. It was fun. I, again, I thought I was laughing more than anyone else in the theater, but like it was a very enjoyable watch. It was really interested. It kept you hooked the entire time. Um, I can't wait for the sequel. <laughs> what is the sequel going to be about? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, yeah, 17. So I said how much I like this movie, and I told Riley... I think I told you guys, I think this is my movie of the year so far. Yeah. And the score holds up. I didn't do that on purpose. It is not the highest rated movie I've reviewed this year, but is the highest rated movie that's come out in 2023 that I've reviewed. What movie did we review? The Fablemans. That came out in 2022? Yeah. I gave that a 91. It's a very good score. It's a good movie. This beats Puss in Boots. Another good movie. Which I don't even know if it came out in 2023 or not, but it's on our 2023 reviews. As the highest rated movie released in 2023. What'd you give it? Wait, did, hold on. Let me check this. Did no, Puss and Boots didn't even come out in 2023. Sorry. Oh, it came out in 2022. It's a runaway. So this beats Creed 3 as the top ranked movie of the year. Another good movie. With an 86 out of 100 tie. It's a very respectable score. I'm three points lower than you. I'm at an 83. <laughs> that feels very fitting for our conversation earlier. It gives us an 84 and a half. Out of 100, mm-hmm. making it the 42nd ranked film out of 178, <laughs> Jackie Robinson. 23 would have been better, but that's all right. I mean, we just got to review a couple more movies and we can give MJ 45. There's a little there's a little deep cut for 45 when one time. When did you wear 45? When you had the flu? No, that was 12. They fucked up the jerseys. You wore 45 like one time. I watched the MJ documentary, but not, not The Last Dance, the other one. Oh. I don't know what it was. I watched it for <laughs> sports psychology, but I remember. <laughs> um... This movie's very much above the line, which has to be what eighty or higher, eighty five or higher. I don't know. Oh, it's eighty five. Eighty five or higher. We moved Ooh. it up. I think it's above the line. It's right below above the line. Damn. Well, counterpoint: if you go back and you realize the title card isn't messed up, it's above the line. So that title card, this is <laughs> the make or break for where this movie lands. <laughs> if it's above the line, or within the lines, above the line, you got to drop everything to go see it. And before I give you my random Rotten Tomato movie and you tell the, the beautiful audience who we're reviewing next week, I want to ask you, Ty, is it crazy to think that this movie gets a Best Picture nominee next year? Is that crazy? Yeah, it doesn't feel like the type of movie that does. Counterpoint, Ford versus Ferrari, nominated. Moneyball, yeah. nominated. No, Moneyball feels like the type of movie that does. This doesn't necessarily. Ford versus Ferrari is more along King this line. King Richard nominated i mean that was a best picture winning i mean best performance winning movie that's obvious you don't think there's any chance 
I, I mean, I think it's slim. The Blind Side was nominated. Again, that's an emotional heartstring kind of movie. It's different. People like these sports movies that are based off. This feels more. Ray, about Sugar Ray Leonard or whoever it was about. No, Ray, that's it. That was about. the piano player. Yeah, never mind. I'm wrong. <laughs> this is more of a very fun, very enjoyable movie rather than a best picture winning artsy kind of movie. I feel like they're too snobby to give this uh, the credit it deserves. All right. Well, then that's going to be my hot take from this podcast. I think this movie is nominated for best picture. Okay. That I, I don't think it's going to win. Make a note like I did with the Northman. I was wrong. I hope you're right. So I'm looking at um, the favorites right now on variety.com to get nominated for best picture. This is very early. We just had the Oscars, the book of Clarence, the color purple Freud's last session, the holdovers killers of flower moon of the flower moon. That's an apple film. Oh, it's Corsese, of mm-hmm. course. Maestro has Bradley Cooper, your guy. That's a Netflix film. Past Lives, A24, Oppenheimer, Saltburn, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse they have in there. That would be sick. They have a big list of alternates. I don't see air in here. Yeah. Which means I'm on an, I'm on an island here, baby. Again, very good movie. I just, who knows? I don't know. I'm yeah. excited. It's going to be a Best Picture nom. I'm telling you now. And I'm going to tell you told you so. I hope you do. I, I really hope so. I would love that for Ben Affleck. Me too. Man doesn't give enough credit. I mean, he won Best Picture for the movie he directed. <laughs> um, he deserves two. He deserves to be up there with Scorsese's, you know? I agree. Screw Scorsese. He, he should like be, Marvel movies. He should be eating at the same table as him. That's all I'm saying. Random Rotten Tomato movie score. The movie Air made me think of the song... How am I going to breathe with no air? You know that song? Yeah. How am I going to breathe with no air? Jordan Sparks sings that. Oh, that was Leona Lewis. Jordan Sparks sings that. Okay. Jordan Sparks was once on an episode of Sweet Another Life Jordan. on Deck. Didn't even realize that. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. You were gonna. You said Sweet Life on Deck. Those kids were in the movie Big Daddy. No, it made me think of a boat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which made me think of the film, which... I don't know if this was a lie your dad told us or if it's true that Daniel, your family friend, was an extra in this film. He was. The scene got cut. But he very much was on set. Very much film stuff. Battleship. Yeah. Rihanna. Another pop legend. In the movie. But another pop legend. With Jordan Sparks. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying with Michael Jordan. <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the 2012 sci-fi action two-hour and 11-minute film tie what do you think the audience gave it with over 250,000 ratings? That was a really shitty movie. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's bad. I will say the missiles that they shoot out of the ships look like the little pegs that play, like that you put when you're playing I'd Battleship. Love that. Have you played Battleship? Of course. I don't know. You feel like the kind what of guy who just like didn't, like, like wouldn't have played Battleship for some I reason. I dominate Battleship. I would wreck you in Battleship. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Okay. We can try it. We can. We can try. I'm confident in my battleship abilities. We can get battleship on the PlayStation. I mean, I like it more old fashioned. Mm. I like to really feel. So you're running. I like to feel the board because you. I know, have battleship in my fucking parents' you know house. We're I'll never bring it over tonight. I own battleship. Ty, I will wreck you in battleship. I can't wait. I'm very much looking forward to this showdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, bad movie. People didn't like it. People like Rihanna though. Can you just tell me who else is in that movie? I feel like there's another big name. Taylor Kitsch, Alexander Skarsgård. Nope. Uh, 
Brooklyn Decker. Okay. Brooklyn Decker. Why does she that She was a uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model <laughs> when we were about 13 <laughs> to 14 years that old. That is exactly why that sounds familiar. Um, she was also in one of those Adam Sandler movies. I'm just go sure. with it. Yeah, she yeah. was. Um, That's when funny. we were when we were 13 years <laughs> that old, I was the prime audience for that. Jesse Plemons is in it. Jesse, that's a really shitty performance in the cowboy movie. Liam Neeson, probably the other big name you're thinking of. Yeah, and that's about the only big names I would say that are in this. And Rihanna. This is a bad movie. I don't. I don't really even know though. Like, how bad was it? Like a thirteen percent bad, or was it like it. a forty-two percent bad? I've never seen it. Was it a twenty-three percent bad? Stop just saying numbers, hoping to get like a read out of me. Yeah, we're gonna rock Michael Jordan twenty-three. Give it to me. No, sorry, Michael Jordan forty-five. No, flip that fifty-four percent. No shit. Most I wouldn't say. Well, majority of people over this half movie. the people thought this movie was good. Well. But 33% of critics. So. 33? Yeah. That's a bummer. It's a bad movie. It just is. You ever seen it? But someone you know was apparently an extra. You think Battleship was supposed to be a part of like a connected cinematic universe of board games? Um, If it came out in 2015, yes. 2012, I think, was a little bit too early. But you never know. 2012 was the first Avengers, Jay. No, I know. But that I was think, like the granddaddy of it all. Like, I feel like they shit. started copying around 2015, though. I don't know. But you don't think Battleship came out and people were talking about, like, oh, what other games can we do? Sorry, the game. Yeah. Why do I feel like they made a Sorry movie? I don't know. Maybe they did. What's even another? I don't even. I don't know. I, I was trying to think of other or games. Candyland? You can Hungry, make Hungry Hippos? <laughs> there we Jumanji? go. Jumanji? They already did that. But I don't think. Was Jumanji a I have game no idea. before? I, I have no fucking clue. I just. I know it's a board game type movie. And then here we are these years later with the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's crazy, you know. Crazy to think about. No, oh, Riley just got home. Hopefully Maurice doesn't bark. Um, Ty, that's all I got for you. What do we review next week? Ne- well, I will say I didn't say that this movie, uh, what it was with the likes of. Million Dollar Baby, Wakanda Forever, The Hunger Games, Palm Springs. Just felt like I needed to get that off my chest because I always do that and I never got to. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Next week. I don't know if we said what we were reviewing this week, last week. What we were reviewing next week, last week. But no, this, this week, is a new this is a new thing. Well, no, no, I know that. I'm wondering if what last week. Saying? I'm wondering if last week did we say what we were going to be reviewing next week? Even though this week we changed what we were going to be reviewing next week. We said we were going to review air last week. No, but did we say what we were going to review next week? Last. I week? don't think we did. Next week, we're reviewing Peter Pan and Wendy, the Disney Plus <laughs> streaming movie starring... I have no idea. I know this movie's coming out. I don't even know Jude if Law's anybody in it. in it. Jude Law is Hook. Uh, looks. I'm going to guess that kid's never been in anything without doing any research as Peter Pan. Just a movie. Uh, Wendy also never seen before. This is a storm. This is a live action remake, a Disney live action remake. Horrible. With child actors. Oh, man. That it was bad enough where they just threw it on Disney Plus. <laughs> and I kind of like Jude Law, much like I liked uh, Colin like Farrell well. and Artemis Fowl. This movie um, was expected to begin in April 2020 and wrap in August, pushed back because COVID, began in March 2021, and then reshoots took place in February of 2022. 
not looking great. Mm. This movie was first announced in 2016. Oh, Jay, we were in high school then. Yeah. Well, it could have been after we graduated. Depending. That's not a good sign. <laughs> it was originally set to be released. How old was the main character when they announced this movie? <laughs> he's 16 right now, so he was not very old. 10. Nine. He's 10. 10, 9. This film was originally set to be released on Disney streaming service Disney+, Plus, but was later scheduled to be released theatrically. Until in December 2020, the film was announced to be released on a Disney Plus exclusive again due to the COVID pandemic. This is not going to be good. Maybe it surprises us. I really like Captain Hook. Uh, Jude Law. Jim Gaffigan. Mr. Shmee. I feel like they're going to work well together. Everything about this movie um, is probably going to be terrible despite that. Comes out this Friday. And I really hope I'm wrong. And they haven't allowed pre-reviews. That is... Never a oh, good sign. There's one review. Noah Gittle of the Washington City Paper. Don't know how he's got the got, first review. Got that inside scoop. Filled with child look, childlike wonder, David Lowry's Neverland is a magical place that's sometimes a bit too fixated on its infamous villain. Do you think they do the whole Native American thing? Probably not. Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't really remember what happens in Peter Pan, so this will be oh, like a brand new movie for me. I love Peter Pan. It's like one of my favorite movies growing up. Should I ask? That was really rude way to end the pod. <laughs> Peter Pan and Wendy, go watch it. Listen to our review next week on us, Tyler, trashing child actors and us probably finding at least one new crazy movie scene of the year. I sure hope. I can't wait. In the meantime, uh, be a better person than Jason and be a good friend, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.